Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April King, and I am the Associate Pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We would also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Perhaps we should be a little more stringent when we let in the building. I don't know. I, I just wanted to clarify one of the announcements that was made this morning as far as the KZMC bakers. I'm actually instituting a new policy that all baking needs to be pre-approved by the pastor. So I'll be needing a sample of every, every item before it makes it to the bake sale. Um, I instituting that immediately. That is now policy. I'll, yeah, yeah, both. <laughs> I also heard Rich say that he's going to preach pretty soon. He said, you got an hour? I'm going to slot you in. Just kidding. Someone said I should start uh, this, start my sermon with a joke. So I only have one good joke this week. How do you how do you drop an egg on concrete without cracking it? Any way you want. Concrete's pretty tough. Uh, terrible <laughs> groan. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I I apologize ahead of time. We're all kind of getting over a cold, so if I sniffle and cough. I, I apologize. I am sorry. So we're going to continue the series this morning on why. And I don't know how long this series is going to be. This, this conversation is going to keep going, I guess. I guess until we're done. But I wanted us to spend some time rediscovering our why. Rediscovering our sense of purpose. And I make the disclaimer again. I feel like I'm on a journey of discovery myself, or perhaps a journey of rediscovery. And so I don't like preaching when I feel like I'm still figuring things out as I go. Even this morning, I was thinking to myself, this doesn't feel right yet. It doesn't feel like I've got it all figured out. But maybe that's the point. This isn't, this isn't answer time with Pastor Dave. This is us as a body, as a community, going on a journey together. We've got to figure this out. We've got to grasp this again. So I hold everything I say loosely and humbly, and I just ask that you give me grace as I speak. And if I don't quite hit the mark, I hope I hit the right direction. I hope I'm aiming at the right board. I may not hit the the bullseye, but I think I'm, I'm aimed in the right direction. Because my heart, my deep desire for not just our church, but for the church in Canada. We need to be healthy again. The church needs to be healthy. We need to be vibrant. We need to be alive. We need to be on mission. We are God's plan for the world. There is no plan B. It's the church. We've got to be healthy. Perhaps another way to say this is I want us to be obedient. 
I want us to be obedient to Jesus. And as I was sitting in the sanctuary this week <clears throat> preparing, I often sit right there in that pew and the sun shines in. That's kind of where I sit and think and pray. I had this thought to myself, what's standing in the way of the church being healthy? It's the obedience of the members. The health of the church is directly correlated to how obedient we are. If we're obedient, the church will be healthy. Okay, let's jump into it here. If we're going to talk about the purpose of the church, the why of church, we have to go to the Great Commission. We can't help but turn there. And thank you, Steve, for reading that this morning. We have to look at the Great Commission. And I've always had a, I would call it a tenuous relationship with the Great Commission. I've heard sermons on it. I've heard series on it. I have been at conferences talking about the Great Commission. I have served as a missionary myself overseas. I sat on my last denominations. I sat on their um, missions board. I've thought a lot about the Great Commission. It's been in my face. It's been on my radar a lot. But I'll be honest with you. Whenever I hear it, there's always a twinge of guilt that hits me. Always a twinge of, man, I am... I'm not making disciples like I should. I'm missing something. And so, whether right or wrong, there's been times in my life where I've avoided reading it, where I've avoided thinking about it, because I end up just kind of feeling guilty, like, man, I'm, I'm not hitting the mark. I'm missing something. A few years ago, I read a, a book by a guy named Simon Sinek. I'm not sure where he's at in his journey of faith. I've heard him share some things on YouTube where it's like, man, I wonder if that guy is a believer. But I don't, I'm not sure. But he wrote a book years ago called Start With Why. And when I read the book, it really impacted me. If you want to go to the, the next slide there with those three questions. <clears throat> I think we're having some technical difficulties. That's okay. There we go. He says that any organization, any group, any church should be able to answer these three questions. What do they do? Meaning, what do they produce? What's the, what, what comes out of what they do? How do they do it? Meaning, what things do they do to make the things that come out of it, that makes the what? And finally, why do they do it? He says every organization can definitely answer the what and the how. But he said there's lots of, and he's not just talking about churches, he's talking about companies, businesses, community groups, you name it. He said most of them very quickly can answer what they do and how they do it. But he said there's many that when you ask them why, you get a bunch of blank stares. Many organizations, including churches, have forgotten why they do it. And this is what stuck out to me. He said, if, if, if organizations just keep doing what they do and they don't know why they do it, the passion starts to die and things start to feel mechanical. They don't inspire others to join. There's never any new growth or new action. Things just kind of continue on. And that resonated with me because that's how I was kind of feeling about the Great Commission. Well, I guess I better go and do it. But it always felt kind of empty. 
I felt frustrated. So I thought, can I look at the Great Commission with these three questions? Can I answer these three questions? And that's what I tried to do. So let's look at the Great Commission with this lens. So what do we do? We make disciples. I'm like, yes, one for one, boom. <laughs> Doing great. Okay, how do we do it? Jesus tells us how. Baptize people, baptize them. And what else do we do? Teach them to obey everything that he's commanded. And I'm like, yes, this is easy. Two questions, two right answers. Let's go. Right, guys? Isn't that what you always say? Let's go. <laughs> Third question, why do we do it? And I'll be honest, maybe it's just my stupidity or my lack of... Be I couldn't see it. I got frustrated. Is, it, is something missing, I thought? Am I, am I just that blind that I can't see? And I, I'll be honest with you, I spent months looking at this scripture, thinking about it, pouring over it. Why do we make disciples? Wouldn't Jesus want me to know why? I mean, never did Jesus just want us to blindly follow laws and rules. He came to abolish that. He doesn't like religion. He doesn't like it when we just follow to-do lists. He wants our heart. And I thought, well, why can't I see that in the Great Commission? What's going on? And I honestly stared at it and stared at it and stared at it, and I couldn't see it. And then one day I was just reading it again, and I had this light bulb moment. I honestly felt like I have just, dis this is the equivalent of discovering time travel. I'm going to win a Nobel Prize for seeing this. And I'm sure other people have seen this before or have said something like this. I'm not the first. But for me, it was just like this <gasps> eureka moment. I see it. So if you want to go to the next slide, it's those first four words. It was like a clue to me that sent me down a path. And it seems simple at first. Then the 11 disciples. Who are these 11 disciples? Is this just a random group of 11 that the scripture is referring to? No, this, this is, I mean, if you could put a capital in, this is the 11 disciples. And it's not a criticism of the scripture. What I realize is that we need to be a little more careful how we read scripture. See, what we do is we take verses like that, we post them on walls, we put them in mission statements, we memorize them, which is great, by the way. I'm not mocking memorization. We should memorize. But we tend to take verses out of their context. And we, we blast them at people or we put them on posters or whatever. I'm just so grateful there was a clue in there. Then the 11 disciples. So who are these 11 again? These are the 11 guys that walked with Jesus through all his ministry. They had seen him raise the dead. They had seen the blind see. They had seen the lame walk. They had been discipled and cared and loved on by Jesus. 
They had been in a community with Jesus for three years of intense discipling and ministry. We can't take those verses out of that context because the why, these guys would know why. They had experienced Jesus. They had experienced community with him. They had experienced God through the discipleship process. This crazy, risky, challenging, life-threatening, it's going to cost you everything process. They had walked through this with Jesus. I mean, these guys knew why. All of them, I think, except for John. Their lives didn't end well. They all died martyrs' deaths. They all died for the gospel. Were they just following a rule? Were they just blindly following a command of Jesus? I don't think so. These guys knew why. And what is that why? I'd like to make the argument that this, this is the why. They had experienced God. They had grown as disciples. They had been in a discipling community and had experienced God. And I think it's timely, a couple of things that were shared today, what, what Rich was saying, sharing about the goodness and the grace of God. Yes, he experienced that one-on-one -on -one with God, but he also experienced it in the community. It's in this community that we experience God. The disciples experience God in the community with him. I want to make the argument that, that that's what we have. That's what Steve sensed when he came here. This sense of community. It's more than just a gathering. It's more than just a, well, i got to come to church on Sunday. <clears throat> We're experiencing God in this community. And I think we know this anecdotally, that our, most, our faith is the most vibrant, the most exciting, when we're seeing other people come to Christ and to be discipled. I mean, I'm going to tell a story about my friend TJ, and I guarantee he's okay with me talking about him. Chances of him hearing this are probably pretty low, but even if he did, TJ wouldn't care. But in Grenfell, I preached a pretty, I would call it a pretty lame sermon on Father's Day, kind of a safe, boring sermon. But God was speaking to TJ, and he came into my office that and he'd only been attending our church for a few Sundays, and he said, Dave, I want to know Jesus. You said, to be a good dad, you've got to have Jesus in your life. And he said, I want to be a good dad. And he gave his heart to the Lord. And boy, the next few weeks were exciting. TJ was a bit rough around the edges. Pretty big guy, and he'd say things and do things sometimes that you'd kind of cringe, and you'd kind of, oh, TJ... Easy on the questions, buddy. But it was exciting to be around him. It was life-giving. I got to experience God as TJ got close to God through our community and with us together. I think that's the why. Why do we make disciples? Because it's in the discipling process. It's in the community of the disciples that we get to experience God. And I bet you if I asked every one of you, you'd have a sense 
you'd have a story to tell. And for God used someone in this body to touch your life, to bless you. Now I want to show you what else I found because I think this is exciting. And I think scripture is our number one, it's what we measure, it's what we, it's what we use to measure ourselves, it's what we use to, to, to ask questions, are we obedient? We use scripture as primary. But I want to show you what I found in your history that I think is really exciting because it all points to this idea of community. We experience God in community. So if you want to go to the next slide, uh, one more. Okay, before you found a pastor, before you found me, <laughs> you guys did a pastoral search survey. Does anyone remember doing that? It must have been a couple years ago now. Probably you've done that, yeah? I should have asked when it was done, but it was a while ago. And here's some of the results. Here's some of the highlights from that survey. You describe yourself as a caring community with a heart for missions. You describe your strength as a sense of community. You call yourself a missional community. And the greatest fear you had when you were doing this survey, the thing that you most dislike, is when there's division. So when there's breaking of community. So all through that survey, it was like, this was the highlight, community. I think you guys, you already have a sense of our why. This community where we experience God. Okay, go to the next slide, please. <clears throat> this is from your website. You say, following Jesus, extending his kingdom, we believe God's call for KZMC is twofold. Number one, to form a community of faith centered on Jesus. This is a community of different backgrounds and ages. This is a family where we pursue God together and find forgiveness and healing in him. I find that interesting. This, this thread of community is all through these documents. Okay, can you go to the next slide, please? This is also from your website. This is number two. To share God's goodness with the world, we believe God is restoring the earth and he invites us to join with him in that work. We aim to share the good news of Jesus, to build community, to work for peace and justice. We invite you to join in extending the kingdom of Jesus together. And one more slide from the website. We're a pretty messy bunch. And I'll tell you, that's looking out from up here, looking out there. That's true, pretty messy. And you're probably looking back like, you know, it looks so hot yourself there, buddy. We're a pretty messy bunch, this shared journey. We do this together. With God is not easy or picture perfect, but it's good. We desperately need the grace and presence of God. It's our hope that you may experience this with us. Okay, next, next slide. From the policy manual, you're probably thinking, oh my goodness, Pastor Dave, this is dry, <laughs> boring stuff. It is in a way, but it's really important because it shows that all through your history, there's this thread, how valuable this community is. And I think it's valuable because this is where you experience God. This is why we want to make disciples. We want this family to grow and we want to share this with others. Let's keep going. Kingsfield, 
Oh, go back. Sorry. Kingsfield is a family of churches seeking to bring the kingdom of Jesus Christ to relevance in Huron County and the surrounding area. As part of Kingsfield, we at Zurich Mennonite Church are called to be followers of Jesus Christ, sharing our gifts for the equipping of his people to extend his kingdom in our lives across the street and around the world. This idea of, and I know that some of the Kingsfield vision is kind of cloudy and maybe wasn't carried on, but I think it's important. It had this idea of this desire for family, this community to grow. We're extending his kingdom in our lives. Okay, next, next slide. Getting even more exciting. Church constitution from 1979. I was three years old in 1979. (laughs) Listen to this. The purpose of this congregation is first to nurture each individual member. So to me, that's discipleship. Purpose of this congregation, of this community, is discipleship. To their full potential within the body of Christ. Secondly, the body then being built up will be equipped to carry out the Great Commission as stated in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Isn't that exciting to see that this has been in the DNA of this church seemingly from day one or for a very long time? Some of you are saying, well, 1979 is not that long ago, Pastor Dave. (laughs) Well, it is for me. Okay, next slide. That church, that little survey that Taylor sent out for me a few weeks ago, And thank you, by the way, for for all the great answers. Overwhelmingly, you say that our purpose is to spread the gospel, to be salt and light, and to carry out discipleship. Your greatest frustration, overwhelmingly, like the other survey you did years ago, is division. It's frustrating. It makes you angry when people leave. So the community is being broken. Why? Because you value so much community. And when I asked you why KZMC, when I asked what would you say to someone if you were going to invite them to come for the first time, overwhelmingly, the answer was, there's a sense of community here. I don't think that's coincidence. I think that's, that's exciting. They say, if you want to discover your why, you don't invent it and move forward. How do you discover your why? You always look to the past. And look what's in your past. Look what's in your DNA. Look what's in your history. Community, family, being together. And I think that's because you, you have a, whether you know it or not, you sense, you're sensing God in this community. You experience God in the community. All right, next slide. And this, this really jumped out at me when I read this. This was fascinating. So this is from a letter that Clayton Kipfer wrote in 1983. It was the introductory letter to the directory of that year. And as a pastor who's written letters like that, I'll be honest, sometimes you just write them really quick. And like, I, gotta, I gotta get something in there. I don't think Clayton just wrote something in there. I think he spent time on this because I think it's really profound what he said. He says this, the miracle of God's grace is experienced basically in the context of family. And notice families in quotes. Why is it in quotes? He's not talking about mom, dad, 
grandpa, kids. He's talking about the family of God. This is where we experience God's grace in the context of this body. He said, our congregation is composed of about 98 households or families, varying from single persons to families with several children. We can recall many memories of our homes, brothers and sisters, parents, cousins, uncles and aunts, and grandparents, all of which helped shape our understanding of life and of God. Not discounting, you know, family life, but the big one is the family of God. Let's go to the next page. He says this, however, I believe the most significant in terms of our ongoing growth and salvation experience is the family of God. It's in the context of the church that we share in God's forgiveness and sense of purpose for our, all our lives. As we look at our past, we develop more appreciation of the present. And one more. We need to recognize the importance of all the people who share with us in the life of our congregation. As we unite together in worship of our Lord, we will continue to create a history that hopefully will be his story showing how he brings all people together into the family of God. I think the disciples knew why. Why go and make disciples? Really, they had seen heaven come to earth. Isn't that what we're sensing? Isn't that what we're experiencing in this body? We're experiencing heaven come to earth. It's not perfect yet. Like I said, like it says, we're a pretty messy bunch. But we're experiencing God in this community. And I want to make the argument or make the case that why we make disciples is because it's in this body, in this community, that we experience God. If it's just blind religion, if it's just blind obedience, if all we were supposed to do is just grit our teeth and make disciples, I don't think we'd last very long. We need to have that why. As a parent, if my child was choking in the next room and I could hear them choking, man, I'm going to do whatever it takes to save the life of my child. I'll go through the wall if I have to. It doesn't matter how tired I am. It doesn't matter how worn out I am. It doesn't matter how busy I am. We're going to go through the wall to save the life of our child. I don't do it because it's written on a parenting manual. I do it because I love my kid.
I read something this week that talked about that story and then said, do we have the same passion for saving the lost? Do we have that same passion for making disciples? I think we've all tasted and seen how wonderful this community is. I think what Steve shared this morning echoes what Liz and I felt when we visited here months ago. Just that incredible sense, excuse me, a sense of community. And this is where I felt nervous or felt unclear because I feel like I don't like to speak on things where I, I feel like I'm not finished the journey yet. But I wanted to just end with a question, I guess, and it's a question for myself, it's a question for us. And it feels like a heavy to leave, on a, to leave at the end of a Sunday, but I think it's, it's valid, and it's, this is as far as I've gone in the journey. So thinking about that parent that will go through the wall for their child, asking myself, do I have that same passion to reach the lost? I have to honestly say that I don't. Even though I've tasted how wonderful it is to be in this community, to experience God. And so the follow-up question that I believe God asked me, and maybe he's asking us, do you love the lost? Do you love the lost? Do we? Because if we say we do, then why aren't we going through the wall to save them? Do they matter to me? And I don't know where to go from there. I think I need to pray. We need to pray. Maybe we need to repent. I don't know. But that's as far down the journey that I've gone. But I do think we're getting a sense of why we're here. We're, do, we're getting a sense of what we have. And as we continue to talk about this why, I'm excited. I'm scared. I feel vulnerable right now sharing what I just shared. But I invite you on this journey with me. I invite you to pray. I invite you to seek God. Because we have something absolutely incredible. We do. And I think our job is to share it with the world. God bless you. Have a great week.